Welcome to the podcast where relationships, confidence, and determination all converge into an amazing heartfelt experience. This is Speaking from the Heart. Welcome back to episode number 33 of Speaking from the Heart. And these are very special episodes in the month of September where we are featuring businesses that have made an impact and continue to make an impact in this world. And I'm forever thankful to all the podcasts that have been able to help me out to get started. And especially even our guest today, Jeremy Klein, which is another international guest coming from the United Kingdom. And I really appreciate our connection that we made through the Buzzsprout podcast forum on Facebook, which has allowed me to be able to become more proficient and be able to ask many tough questions that I've had, even starting out with this show. So thank you to all those that support podcasts, especially the businesses surrounding all of them. Today's guest, Jeremy, is a career and business coach and the host of Change Work Life, which is a podcast that's all about beating the Sunday evening blues and enjoying Mondays again. He hosts interviews with ordinary people that have taken action to change the path of their career and the career coaches who've helped them. Jeremy explores those changes that anyone can make to enjoy a better working life, whether these changes are small alterations to day-to-day routines, major career shifts, or something in between. And I love their story with what Jeremy had to share about how he even got this started, because after 15 years in which he spent largely furthering other people's dreams, he asked and started to wonder whether he was going to end his career thinking, really, this is what I did with 40 years of working life? The podcast that he started, Change Work Life, helps to find out what those alternatives are. And because of his coaching, he's able to help others. And I love the synergy that we've had in this episode because it allowed us to not only talk about some of the things that he still does, but because of the support of his wife, because of the things that he's looking at in terms of adjusting the time that we have in this world in order to value what's truly important, I think that he has been on the right track to find his happiness. And I really was encouraged from what I heard during this conversation, as I think you will too. But with that, let's go to the episode. All right, we have Jeremy Klein with us. Jeremy, thanks for sharing your heart with us today. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. And for my audience, you probably already could tell, Jeremy is another international guest that we have on the show coming from England. So I really appreciate Always, for those coming from another time zone, thank you for being able to make time for us over here in the United States as well. Jeremy, I already let the audience know a lot about what you are and what you do. So my first question for you is, I love the fact that you have been a lawyer. I think you still practice law. I still am. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm really curious, what got you started in that field in the first place? And What eventually changed for you to be able to help others with what you do in your your company that you do now? I think the thread that has kind of led me up to my transition itself, and as you say, I'm kind of mid-transition at the moment, is always having had this feeling of doing what I felt I should do rather necessarily than what I wanted to do or what intrinsically felt right for me. 
The idea of being a lawyer in the first place came when a mate of mine at school basically said to me, Jeremy, you're always arguing you should be a lawyer. And so the idea kind of just stuck and I explored a couple of other career paths, but that was the one that I went for eventually. And there probably should have been some warning signs early on. There have definitely been points during my career where I have enjoyed it. I have found it fulfilling. There's been times where it's been pretty good, but I can't think ever of there having been a time where I felt, wow, I can't believe I get to do this. I'm the luckiest guy on earth. It was much more about, this is a respectable career. I've worked hard to get here. It's well paid. I've got the potential to do well here. Okay, maybe work's just not supposed to be something that you enjoy. It's a job, it's the thing you do, but you know, hey-ho, it's never going to be bits of it where I kind of go, woohoo, this is brilliant. And it took me the longest time to figure out that I was barking at the wrong tree on that. And I think there's probably still quite a lot of people who still haven't figured that out. I guess it was about, it's probably as long ago, it was about five years ago where I was really starting to feel, oh God, is this it? Is this really what I'm going to do for the next 20, 25 years of my working life? And I'd started to get interested in kind of like the business personal development side of things. My entry point was real estate, the area of law I work in. My clients are some of the world's wealthiest families. And one of the things I realized was that a heck of a lot of them are in real estate. And so I started to think, huh, there must be something in this. And so I started getting interested in it myself. And that led me to a podcast which talked a lot about real estate, but also personal development, business, economics, that side of things. And so that sparked my interest. And the point that I decided, yes, I need to make a change of some description was after reading a book, which was recommended on this property-based show, which was a book called Unscripted by an author called MJ DeMarco. It's his second book. He's also written a book called Millionaire Fastlane, which is quite well known. And the first part is pretty much a rant as to why having a job is a terrible course of action and how it's a sort of slow lane to wealth and retirement and that kind of thing. And then the second bit is pretty much a blueprint for what can make a successful business. If I had to pick one single point or one single book which turned my head, it would have been that one. And that one was the one that made me go, yeah, this makes sense. I want to start my own business. It has been a very, very long road from that point to where I am now, and I am not even halfway down that road. But that was the starting point that really kicked things off. Have there been people along the way that you have interacted with that have helped you continue to build that vision that you have? I know you said that you're about halfway through it and still working on it, but have there been people along the way that have encouraged you? And if so, can you list them? If you feel okay with that? Yeah, sure. When I first announced to my wife that I 
essentially, I wanted to quit my job and start a business. I mean, she looked at me with a mixture of horror, amazement. I handled that particular conversation terribly. I did not <laughs> set it up well. I've even done an interview on my podcast, where maybe we'll come to talk about that, about how you have these sorts of conversations with your spouse. And my goodness, I wish I'd listened to that guy before I had this conversation. <laughs> One of the first things that she said to me was that I should get some coaching to get some more meat on the bones. And so my first coach was a chap by the name of Ali Temple, who is actually one of the very first guests on my podcast. If you want to find out what he's about, then episode five of my podcast, I've got a great interview with him. He's a force of nature. And... There were two big results of that line of coaching. The first one was that what I'd identified was that my biggest barrier to making any kind of change happen was time. Mm. So I was working full-time as a lawyer. I had, my daughter at the time was, I think, less than a year old, something like that. My wife was taking the brunt of childcare and come weekend, guess what, it's daddy time. You can't really do much and i was struggling with where am i going to find the time to make anything happen and it was through getting coaching with ali that i got the confidence to go to my employer and tell them that i wanted to work part-time now working part-time when you're say a mum who's coming back from maternity leave or when you're coming up to retirement that's pretty normal for a, I think I'd like just turned 40, 41, you know, I'm someone who's kind of like at the height of my powers, professionally speaking. And I'm saying, Hey, guess what guys, I now want to drop down and work three days a week. That was a big mental shift for me just because it was so unusual is still pretty unusual. And I had lots of fears and doubts as to whether or not I should do that. What was going to happen? Were they going to accept it? That kind of thing. But I did it. I put in my request and it got accepted. And I've done that now for, I think, four years, give or take. So that was the first result of that set of coaching. The second result was starting with something because I had lots of different business ideas going through my head. One of the lessons that I picked up from that book that I was talking about was that to come up with a business idea, you just look for problems. And a good place to start is the problems that you're facing. I was looking at various different challenges that I was facing in my life at the time and thinking, okay, so what could I do to serve or support that need? And I remember the conversation with Ali and he just said, well, which one are you going to start with? And one of the ideas I'd had was a podcast all about career change, where I was going to interview people either who'd been through career changes themselves or coaches who'd helped them. And so I thought, yep, I'm going to start with that. At the time, my thinking was that would be the business itself, the podcast, because I knew that there were people who made money from podcasts. So I'd heard of people like John Lee Dumas, he gets 
millions of downloads and he certainly used to get all his revenue from advertising and that kind of thing. And me just starting out too, I know that I'm looking forward to that. I've had a few people support me already with just some of the episodes that have come out. So I know exactly what you're talking about with that. But yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, it, that was certainly the idea. I've done the maths and I thought, you know, a few tens of thousands of downloads a week and I can do that. As you probably know, as a podcaster who's just started out, especially when you're coming from a position of absolute zero where nobody knows who you are getting hundreds or even tens of downloads is an achievement let alone tens of thousands i kind of realized that to get to a business through those means was going to be really really quite challenging and it probably would have put me in the top i don't know two or three maybe even one percent of podcasters by downloads to do that i did the podcast and i still do the podcast but it was after doing that for a while that i realized that i loved it i was speaking to some fantastic people and getting some great personal advice myself as well as providing fantastic resources for other people but i realized that it wasn't going to be the thing that enable me to quit the lawyer job it, it wasn't going to be the business that was making money and so that led to the second round of coaching that i had with a different coach one of the great things about a podcast is that you get to speak to all sorts of random people and i'd had this fantastic conversation with a coach who'd messaged me saying hey can i be on your podcast and i said oh yeah sure we had a great conversation and it was effectively her audition. I mean, it wasn't at the time, but when I knew that I needed a second round of coaching, just my mind kept on going back to her and thinking, yeah, yeah, she'll be a good person. So her name was Elena Radinich. I think it was episode 49, something like that. I have to interrupt and say this because I find this really fascinating in that you are meeting people because I've been meeting people just even starting out and I've been blown away by even some of our guests that I've had on Speaking from the Heart that has allowed me to really open my own mindset. And I never came into this thinking, well, I know I really want to have people come and learn about what personal and professional development is all about. But what I didn't realize was I was being schooled on personal and professional development in the theme of what I do. And I really love hearing this from you because it makes me resonate with the fact that we all have different people that influence us in our lives. But go on with your second coach because I'm really curious about what they showed you. It was a much more structured approach. So it was a longer program. She started out sending me loads of different exercises to piece together the picture of who is Jeremy Klein. So there were exercises on strengths. There was looking at career history, kind of imagining what were the things I'd wanted to do when I was a kid, what was the sorts of things I'd do if money was no object, that sort of thing. And the set of exercises, which were probably the real aha moment, were the exercises which uncovered my own personal values. So the things which are important to me, valuable to me, what would I really need out of my own career and my interactions with people? And it was interesting because just before I'd started that coaching, I had 
started another line of business alongside the podcast, which was related to podcasts. On my own podcast, I provide full transcripts and I'm quite pernickety about them. I want them to be readable in their own right. And some of the artificial intelligence ones, they kind of go 85%, 90% of the way, but you can't really read them. So I got a system basically using an AI tool, then getting a VA to go through and tidy them up. And I realized that that was actually scalable. And I could start offering it to other podcasters as a done-for-you fixed-price solution. And I even got as far as people paying me for it. And I realized pretty swiftly that I hated it. Just it was stressing me out. It was making me miserable. I wasn't enjoying it. And it was when I did the values exercise that I realized that my top number one value was social connection, community interacting with other people, not a lone wolf person who will just shut themselves in a room and get on with the work. I thrive when I am connecting to and communicating with other people. I just want to let the audience know, Jeremy is not wearing a white coat because I know that he could be a mad scientist for putting this all together. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to say that because I think all of us think that we go behind the scenes, both of us being podcasters and go, oh, well, here comes the magical experiment that we're going to do that makes this really work. And that's not necessarily true. It's just about having conversation, which is what I really enjoy doing, especially when I talk to my guests. So I think it's really important that we have that connection as opposed to having a, well, here's my list of questions for you and seeing what you say to each one. And if it's just one sentence, that's okay, because I got 50 more that I got to choose from. But no, it's not about that. It's about being able to make the contact with people too. Yeah. And it was clear to me that that had to be an integral part of whatever business I did. And it was through that second round of coaching that I decided that coaching was going to be the thing which I wanted to try myself. I got a lot out of it. I had a much better idea of what coaching was and what it wasn't because I'd kind of been put off the idea, I think because originally I thought that it was just about advising people. People would tell you their problems and you'd tell them the solutions. And I realize now that it's so far from that and it's so much more about helping people to find their own solutions. Can, and Can we talk sorry. about that for a moment? Because I'm really curious on your thoughts because being a coach myself, I normally thought in the beginning too, the same premise. Yeah, I'm just going to sit here, listen to them, and then I'll just tell them my solution. But It was so much more because now after working with a few people over the course of the several months that I've been open, it's been about more of understanding what that situation is, empathizing, and also understanding that one solution does not solve everybody's problems. There's unique approaches to each of those. So with that said, I know that you and I are both in similar fields, but you are in a completely different arena when it comes to that. When you are coaching someone, is there something that you look for or is there something that you try to draw out of someone so that you can have a better understanding of how to work with them? In other words, is there something that you try to get from the beginning that helps you to work with them to be successful, whatever those endeavors or what those goals are? It's kind of a bit of a two-stage approach, I guess. One is that I have learned from the coaching that I had that 
doing a lot of self-reflection and self-knowledge, particularly if they're around exercises that help draw that out. My favorite analogy, which I heard on another podcast and I have stolen and repeated back to people on numerous occasions, is the idea of when you go into a great big shopping mall for the first time and you don't really know where you're going. And the first thing you do is you go to the map that's at the bottom of the escalators or at the entrance doors and you look for the dot that says you are here. And that's really where I see all this stuff about understanding your strengths, your weaknesses, your personal personal saboteurs, your values, that kind of thing. And so I always encourage my clients to start with that. Then it's very much what's the client bringing to the conversation? Where are they at the moment? And just curiosity is one of, I think, the most important strengths and characteristics of a coach. So why are they saying that? Why is it going in that direction? I mean, just to give you a quick example, my coaching is around careers, but also small businesses. I've got clients who are similar to me, actually. They're they're making the transition from having a job to starting their own businesses. And one of them, she was talking to me about her different packages, like she was describing three different packages. So like her sort of entry, her mid-level one and her top one. And we've been working together for quite some time. And this was the first time that she'd talked about that. And I pressed her on, so why are you looking to offer these three different packages? Because it sounds to me like really the service that you want to offer is just the top tier. You don't really want to offer these. And it came out that she was offering those because she thought she should, because she'd seen other people do them, but it wasn't necessarily what she really wanted to do. And so by the end of the conversation, she'd realized that she was kind of only doing it because she thought that was what everyone did, but it wasn't really what she wanted to do. And so now she's revisiting that and looking at the possibility that here's the service that I offer. If that's right for you, great. If not, well, I'm sure there's other people who can help. A second example, someone who's looking to get into men's coaching. And I asked him when he might want to get his first clients. And he said, oh, you know, maybe three months from now. And we were saying, well, so what do you need before you get your first clients? And he was saying, well, I need to get my website up and Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. And I said to him, so what do you really need to get your first few clients? And he said, I suppose a framework for maybe the first couple of coaching sessions and some clients. And so I said to him, so who do you already know who you could potentially work with? And what would you need to do to get yourself into a position where you could do the first two coaching sessions with him? And he realized that he could do that not in three months, but in about three weeks, if that. So it's just picking up these things and kind of going, what makes you say that? I I had to smile because I had that same experience of the two examples that you gave. The first one being, why am I offering these at different tiers? Because what I've been finding out is, yeah, I've been hearing all these stereotype coaches going, yeah, you should offer in tiers. No, I don't need to. I am my own unique business owner. And I've been thinking a lot more about how to approach those sort of things as well. But at the same token, identified with your second example, because I know that sometimes starting out, you have 
which my audience has heard so much about. I'm sure your audience has heard so much about, especially on your podcast, about imposter syndrome. And I know that I've had to overcome that with how can I help clients become better version of themselves? So I have to not only deconstruct why they are thinking the way they are thinking, but I've been able to practice that with a few people, even outside of client sessions, because I realized that, oh, this is universal. I can make this applicable and see where those reactions are. And if I see that it doesn't work, I'll just have a little checkbox saying, subject not able to respond to this sort of stimuli, try again. So I have the notes down in my head of what those things are. Jeremy, we're almost out of time. And I want to ask you one more question that I had about just you and the shift that you've had in your life. Because for some people, it can be very fearful to be able to start something like this. And you definitely shared that earlier with your wife, having that expression of, I'm going to do this. And I know that it's probably not safe, but I want to do this because I'm feeling it's more important that I feel fulfilled. Going through that transition and having those things happen to you the way that has happened, is there anything that you would have done differently that you would have changed that maybe you should have done this sort of step before this other step? Or maybe you should talk to this other person before the other person sort of thing. Is there anything that you in other words, would are there things that you regret that you would wish that you could take back? And if so, could you give us just one of those things? The biggest change, game changer for me has been getting coached myself. Now, I realize that people are listening to me and going, oh, he's a coach. Of course, he would say that. But <laughs> genuinely, that's been responsible for the biggest leaps forward. And I wish that I had done it sooner and even after the first one, done it in more depth. I'm saying this to you now and I've kind of been thinking, yeah, you know what, I'm probably ready for my third round of coaching. I mean, there are various reasons why I'm just at the moment kind of going, I can't take that on just at the moment because there's my own sort of personal stamina and not wanting to put something else on the stove when all the hot plates are already taken up. I have um, a recommendation for that third coach, just in case you're curious. And I'm for those that can't see, obviously, because this is an audio recording, I'm pointing to myself. <laughs> I'm just teasing, Jeremy. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's doing that work on myself, understanding myself a bit sooner. It would have probably propelled me much further forward. I said to you that it was probably about five years ago that I was first thinking in these terms. And yeah, I do occasionally find myself looking back and thinking, oh, five years, I don't feel like I've got very far in that time, but it is what it is. It's where I've got to, can't change the past, anything like that. But with hindsight, working more with a coach probably would have shortened the time frame to get me where I am now and even beyond. Yeah. I feel that when I listen to you and listen to these things that you've navigated through with yourself and seeing where you're at, Jeremy, I'm really impressed because I could say the same thing to myself that I wished about 10 years ago in my 20s, I would have started to reach out to a coach, but I wasn't mentally prepared for what those challenges would be. And I think it's all about having the right mindset, but also 
having the openness, and I think you talked about that too, about being able to accept that constructive feedback, to be able to understand the importance of what that person is saying and why that person is saying it. Because sometimes we miss the why question. We think that it's a judgment when someone says and makes that comment. And that's not necessarily the case. We're just giving something that we see as either what we are telling ourselves or the facts or the stories. And the stories are often the assumptions that we make about each other or even about the things that we're going through. So I think that you've come very far to dispel those stories and even for that matter, change some of the things that we can even think about as a culture today, which leading into that, you have a podcast that kind of explores all those different things and you also have your own business. And I want to give you the last few minutes to let our audience know if they're really curious about reaching out to you, wanting to have a different perspective, because let's face it. Yes, Jeremy is my competition, everybody. But here's the deal. He's not my competition for the sole fact that we all bring different things to the table as it comes to our approaches. And that's why Jeremy's my friend <laughs> in this whole entire scheme of things. It's not any competition whatsoever. So, Jeremy, I want you to proudly promote yourself. I'll give you the last few minutes. Thank you. And I just wanted to pick up on a point you were saying earlier about sort of being in the right place, allowing yourself to be vulnerable. That's probably one of the biggest things mm. as well is mm. just recognizing that you don't know everything and that's okay and allowing others to help you. That's absolutely invaluable. And I think when you're in your, I don't know, when you're in your early or mid thirties, you kind of assume that you know everything. And then as you get older, you realize that maybe that's not the case. But anyway, I need to take you off on your invitation. My podcast is called Change Work Life. My website, it's also Change Work Life, and that's all one word, Change Work Life. So there's no gaps, no hyphens, no spaces, nothing like that. It's changeworklife.com. You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, and it's at Change Work Life on all of those. My podcast is for anyone who just feels a bit stuck in their career or even their small business. It could be that you're a small business owner and it's just not quite working for you. It's just not going the way you'd like to. My guests are people who've been through radical career changes themselves, coaches. We cover all sorts about mindset. We do resumes and interview skills, we do salary negotiation, we do meditation, we do burnout, we do how do you pick the best tool for the job. It's all about helping you enjoy a more satisfying and fulfilling working life. I've got a couple of exercises which are a really great place if you want to start with the sort of the you are here introspection I was talking about. And if you go to changeworklife.com forward slash happy, that's H-A-P-P-Y, changeworklife.com forward slash happy. There's a couple of exercises there. And if you want to find out a bit about the coaching, explore that. I offer free 30-minute introductory coaching calls. There's a form on my website, changeworklife.com forward slash coaching. If you're interested in that, I'll stop there. Hopefully you'll put all the links in the show notes because I've just bombarded people with a load of stuff and they probably aren't in proximity of a piece of paper and a pen. Absolutely. I will put all of that in the episode notes because I certainly want people to hear it 
and then want to go check it out too so they can easily access all of that. But I appreciate you sharing all of that. Jeremy, I will tell you this, being that you are yet another international guest, it's really nice to hear that we all have similar struggles no matter where we're at in the world and that we know that there are tools in our toolbox that we can pull out to help us navigate through them. And you even have those tools on your website to even get started with that, which I will personally check out myself because I'm always about looking for a happier perspective. I'm always looking for ways in which I can expand my mindset because that's just what I've been through. And I know my audience will certainly appreciate that as well. So Jeremy, we'll say this from over here in America. Thanks for speaking from the heart with us today. And I really appreciated you sharing your insights to us all. I want to thank Jeremy again for our conversation because he not only realized what I've been working on, we actually had some really great conversation before and after about some of the struggles that we have because of our synergies that we work on together as it relates to helping people find the best versions of themselves. You see, Jeremy and I are not sworn enemies looking for those opportunities to find as many clients as possible and say that we're the best coach in the whole entire world. Yeah, we got the crown. We can do this. I find that quite ironic, though, because I am not in the United Kingdom and there is no such thing as finding a crown when it comes to coaching. I love that we have both similar approaches when it comes to understanding and working with different people, not only in their backgrounds, but also what really makes them tick. Finding that career that is the most fulfilling is often the most challenging thing that we can ever do in our lives. And I know for myself, being that I have switched careers several times within state government, and even when I was getting started before that, before my career with state government, it can be very challenging in a world of endless possibilities. But it always comes back to, am I feeling fulfilled? Is it paying the bills? Is it making everybody around me satisfied? My kids, my family, my friends, those that are looking at me from far away. I think it's very hard to manage all those different expectations and think that we have all these different types of people that are going to be involved that will help us to understand and fulfill what is truly needed in our lives. I know it can be very challenging. Looking at where you are. Looking at where you can potentially go. Looking at all the things that are in between. It can be so overwhelming. The resumes, the interview questions, the read on people and their personality types. Knowing what to expect and understanding all the different things that are involved with knowledge, skills, abilities, expectations, job descriptions, onboarding, benefits. I know it can be very overwhelming. I know for me, it was very overwhelming starting out in my teenager years. It reminds me of a job that I had at my high school starting out as a janitorial assistant to the main janitorial staff. The mission? Clean the schools so that they're ready for the next school year. Going in one classroom to the next, 
having my bucket in hand with a sponge, wiping down baseboards, wiping down tables, wiping down counters, cleaning the cobwebs from the corner of the room because they haven't been touched in over 12 months. It was a disgusting job. Getting on the floor with a scrub brush and scrubbing the tiles and the gym floors, the locker rooms, all the different places, the art rooms that had the paint splattered all across the walls, having all the different types of equipment to wash down at the end of the day, making fun of me because I didn't do a certain thing, getting yelled at by my boss saying, you missed a spot. I know that these jobs that we often have starting out are not the very best and the very low paying. But you know what they do? They build character. They build the expectation of what we can potentially become in our lives. Whether that is being a career of our choosing. Whether that is being a stay-at-home mom or dad. Whether that is being something that we never thought possible. Maybe it's even becoming a superhero of our own. I know that for many of us, just getting started can be very tough. But isn't that the truth? Isn't that the whole point? Isn't that supposed to encourage and push us into the direction that we never thought possible? Can it help us to be able to understand and be influenced by all the things that are around us? To be able to look at ourselves and look at where we're at, where we look at the map of you are here, and being able to set up the infrastructure from there to continue building forward. I respect Jeremy. I respect him so much because it's an opportunity for all of us to understand and fulfill what is truly necessary for us to become, really, the ultimate epiphany of what this is all about. It means becoming the best version of who we are and what we can be. And that can be very scary. It means that we have to take risk. It means pushing ourselves to the edge, to the abyss falling into it perhaps, and then having to crawl ourselves back out and say to ourselves, yes, I'm going to get back one more time. I'm going to make money. I am going to support my family. I am going to feel satisfied. Sometimes having a different perspective, just like what Jeremy and I do, is really what is most important. I love the fact that he was very open with his company about wanting to change his hours to be able to prioritize. Not many companies might do that in the United States, but they certainly have a lot of flexibility in other areas. And even in the United States, there are people that do care. There are business owners that want to see you grow. There are people that want to help you out no matter where you're at in your life. They want to see you thrive. And that is what is the key. It is all about having that human-centeredness, as many of my guests have talked about, even before Jeremy. It is all about looking at how we can do things and adjust the time that we have to address those problems that are involved. But it's always about a constant evolution of learning and growing. We have to realize that we can never settle for less. But also means understanding, too, that we can be able to help others to see where that light is. That light might be far away. And I know for Jeremy and other people, it can be very tough to understand and even sometimes get that satisfaction every day. But that's the whole point, ladies and gentlemen. 
It is about the long journey that can exist. And sometimes even having those people that are behind us, we sometimes not even find those answers for a very long time. I have clients that have even come through my doors here in the United States, often asking the same question of, where do I go from here? What can I possibly do with my life now? I have those questions asked of people of all different ages and all kinds of different backgrounds, all kinds of different places. Because here's the thing, it is a universal problem. Sometimes entering into a job that we thought we really liked, five years later, we don't like. Ten years go by, though. Fifteen more years. Twenty more years. Thirty more years. It gets to be very lonely at the end of our age. And then it really separates us from really the opportunities that we could potentially have because we think it's too late. I remember sharing in one episode where I did talk about the fact that I lived that moment on a factory floor when I was 19 years of age. The women there that I worked with were very afraid of being able to take that challenge because they have only known that life that they've been doing for that period of time. They never wanted to take another risk. They didn't want to change. And it wasn't because they didn't want to. It was because of the circumstances in which they couldn't. But was that really the question that they had to ask themselves? I look at that moment in my life almost 16, 17 years later, and I still say to myself that I said the right thing, and I still believe that we always have that opportunity to change, to pivot, to make something better of ourselves, so that we're not sitting on Sundays thinking about what we are going to walk into on a Monday morning. I'm not going to sit back and think about what those possibilities and those conversations could be. I'm not going to sit at the age of 70 or 80 thinking, is this really what I did for the last few moments of my life? Is this really what I did for the last several years of my life? I want to be able to say that I was fulfilled. I was satisfied. I want to feel encouraged that I did the right thing. And I know all of you will want to do something similar. But it's all about taking that first step of making a change when sometimes change can be scary. But it doesn't have to be because there are people just like Jeremy and I that can change our work and our life to become something that we never thought we could potentially be. And we have those choices. And as long as we remember that we have choices, nothing can stand in our way, no matter where we're at in the world. Thanks for listening to episode number 33 of Speaking from the Heart. And I look forward to hearing from your heart very soon. Thanks for listening. For more information about our podcast and future shows, search for Speaking from the Heart to subscribe and be notified wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us at www.yourspeakingvoice.biz for more information about potential services that can help you create the best version of yourself. See you next time.